Hello listeners, welcome back to my podcast and this is your host Nana. So today's episode is going to be a little interesting and it's going to be related to one of the Indian historical facts. It's going to be one of about the story of one of the notoriously famous king of the Mughal Empire. I'm talking about Aurangzeb. Now you will be saying that right now you are working talking about current affairs what's going on right now in India. Why are you talking about the history? So recently I came across one of the videos of Audrey, I'm not able to pronounce her last name. I'm sorry for that. She is a trained historian. So recently the one of the videos got very viral on the Twitter and on the Facebook and on Instagram about one of the ultra nationalist Hindus smashing her in one of the conferences. She was telling about how Aurangzeb actually portrayed in a very wrong manner by the nationalist or by the Hindu right extreme right leaders. and um, he's not that bad because being a trained so called trained historian she knows everything and that's uh, he was portrayed wrongly and uh, in that video if i don't know how many of you came across that video in that video that guy actually smashes her really brutally way too brutally about coming from a descendants who coming from a very long ancestry from those people who were killed themselves who did a uh, ethnic cleansing from their end and they're trying to justify the ethnic cleansing of some other king so today i'm going to tell you about uh, how uh, what is written in the about the aurangzeb and i'm not going to tell you about it uh, from any one source i'm going to tell you to from many sources there is a whole compilation about it so let's jump right into it Aurangzeb Aurangzeb and Aurangzeb Aurangzeb is I think one of the topics that historians feel fascinated about Recently uh, since the BJP started the regime it's been quite a really you know um a environment is getting created where people think the ruling party is actually dividing the country in religion on the religion basis and when it's come to religion basis i'm not going to lie or i'm not going to say that it's not happening it is actually happening because um recently many ultra nationalist or you can say ultra nationalist hinduism is actually rising a lot they used to be stay silent in the congress regime because uh, 
Congress, everyone knew how that NDA worked. So none of it. Uh, it was always it always hurt them, but they never spoke anything. But now recently, from the past seven, six, seven years, it's happening that they are being very proactive about it. They are not um, ready to tolerate any more of it, and uh, that's why when the Audrey told everyone that everything that is written about Aurangzeb is wrong, and they were actually the rebuilders of the temple. They didn't uh, destroy the temples; they actually rebuilt it. They were very secular, and they didn't do any kind of torture. It's just a fake thing, fake a narrative. That's about themselves. and she's saying this with a very confidence because she said that she read books about it those books which are written by the historians living under the regime of their king i mean that's a common sense they're not going to write against their own king and but she's saying that she's correct she might be i don't know but let's see So a one-sided and distorted narrative has been a part of an academic history textbook since several decades. I mean, I have seen it. Everyone have read it. And recently, as the education minister have announced, we are going to change these things. But till I did my schooling, even my little siblings did the schooling. Everything in the history books were about the greatness of two regime. that is about the moguls and second was about the british era that is the two thing that is you know covered in the history in very very detailed matter while other things like ahilya holkar and other kings and queens chhatrapati shivaji and other they weren't uh, mentioned as frequently as they should be they didn't got the right or they didn't got the recognition as they should have gotten many of our um, many of our people from our generation that doesn't even know the names even one or two names of these kings the, these were the great kings and queens that lived but everyone knows about the mogul empire everyone knows about the first person mahmud ghaznavi mahmud agori everyone knows about those people who were these first looters that came on the on our motherland and looted our temples our houses and took our women everyone every single child knows the name of these people they know about uh, who was aurangzeb who was akbar who was shah jahan jahangir lodhi they even know the aladdin khilji and everyone but when it comes to the history is to uh, great kings and queens which are coming from the hinduism background or which are coming from this background the great kings and queens of south and maratha they are very much this their knowledge is just like a pea size about it so generally what we follow is a ncert textbook of history and there it is written that even when temples were destroyed during wars grants were later issued for their repair as we know from the reigns of shah jahan aurangzeb 
Now, William Durant, an American writer, historian, and a philosopher, called the Muslim conquest of India probably the bloodiest history in his story in history. It's not us; it's American history writer historian. He said that probably the bloodiest story in the history is the Muslim conquest of India. Mughals have been a part of this bloodiest story. but the atrocities and barbarism of all these invaders and rulers including mughals don't find a place in our Hindi- indian history textbooks the truth hasn't been told what this shows this shows how benevolent they were how secular they were they doesn't show us what kind of barbarism what kind of torturous and atrocities they implied upon the people of our nation so according that there was rti filed uh, just in the march in 2020 boss filed asking the ncert to provide answers to two questions first thing that when temples were destroyed during wars grants were later issued for the repair this sentence was that, that was written from where they have find the source this particular information there was an rti filed particularly i uh, people who doesn't know rti that is a right to information act that happens i think there happens in most other countries maybe but in our country it happens that if you ask a particular question from a department they have to answer if it is under rti and someone actually placed this thing okay they placed two question under the rti first thing where did they find this information what is the source of this information that the grant were later issued for these repairs second thing how many temples were actually repaired by aurangzeb and shah jahan as i already told you under the rti they have to reply back so they replied back and the reply was very funny enough the information is not available in the files of the department So this is very simple question if the information is not available with them they don't have it in their department they don't have it in their archives or library and anything then why are they printing such an information on their ncert history books mug making the children mugging up that fake information why they are doing that this fake narrative in the ncert history textbook in the moguls especially shah jahan aurangzeb they built temples is actually a big outrage last year even this year it is a big outrage and especially after what i told you what happened with the audrey okay she is actually an associate professor and a trained historian according to her and she's fascinated with the aurangzeb she is i think she's in love with aurangzeb so she titled a book Aurangzeb the life and legacy of India's most controversial king that was like in 2017 she profusely glorified this Mughal emperor this Mughal ruler who is actually known for being a orthodox islamist person and you know trashing all the temples killing the people who are not following the same belief So in the article of hers published in the scroll she said what Aurangzeb did to preserve Hindu temples and protect non-muslim religious leaders 
She wrote how Aurangzeb protected temples, thus trying to create a fake narrative that the Mughal rulers were very tolerant. The distorted narrative that rules the roast in Indian history textbook finds an equal say in mainstream description. Each Mughal ruler, including Babur, Himayu, Akbar, Jahangir, Shah Jahan, Aurangzeb, every one of them have destroyed the temples. And not just one or two, they have destroyed the temples in thousands. Aurangzeb vandalized the famous Somnath Temple, Kashi Vishwanath Temple, Trimbakeshwar Shiva Temple, and many ancient and medieval shrines in UP, MP, and other regions across India. And people who doesn't know these temples, which I am quoting right now, these are one of these are very, very, very important shrines for Hindus. These are the temples of one of our main god, Lord Shiva. Aurangzeb further ordered that if any temples were reconstructed, they should be demolished again completely so that Hindus could not revive worship at that site. Hundreds of these temples were later rebuilt by the Hindus over time. No, this was wrong. Neither Aurangzeb nor any other Mughal ruler restored or rebuilt any shrine that they destroyed. They didn't offer any land grants. They didn't give any money. They didn't they didn't get a give off so you know what just build it up no they didn't the bija mantel temple in vidisha mp he, that is dedicated to surya dev mahadev and her consort parvati it was used to be one of the grandest and largest temples in india it was said to be temple that was nearly a kilometer wide that is one kilometer wide and height was 105 yards had this temple been retained as it is, not destroyed, it would have been like Angkor Wat in the Cambodia. But this temple was built by Parmara Raja Narvarman. According to the book Chronology of India by Vidya Vedvir Arya, Narvarman ruled around 5th to 6th centuries CE, though other books fix this timeline on 11th-12th century, but he ruled over there and this temple was built by him. The ruins of that already existing temple are still there. Bija Mandal temple was renovated every time it was destroyed by Islamic plunders. It was dis- destroyed many times, looted by succession of Mahmud, Ghazni, Iltumish, Malik Kafur, Alauddin Khilji's partner, right? Mahmud Khilji and then from the Gujarat Sultanate and then last by Aurangzeb, the barbaric Mughal ruler raised it to the ground, the grand structure, and vandalized every part of the temple and scriptures. Beside, Aurangzeb turned part of the temple into a mosque. This mosque is still in there in the premises. The ancient Trimbakesha Jyotirlinga Trimbak Nashik was vandalized by Aurangzeb's Mughal force in 1690. During the same time, the Mughals also attacked temple at Alora. Jijura, Yavad, Narsingpur, many areas. This finds description in the book of History of Aurangzeb by Jadunath Sarkar, who wrote further quotes of Varshik Ittibara by K. N. Sain. The Mughals could not completely destroy these sites, including the Trimbakeshwar Jyotirling. Their attempts were foiled by a swamp of scorpions and poisonous insects and snakes. There have been a similar, a similar incidents of how swamp of bees attacked Aurangzeb's forces when they were about to raise Garbhgriha of the ancient Nilkanth Shift temple at Alva to the ground. I'm not saying that this is all 
um, some kind of miracle magic hoodoo is happening but that's what they wrote in a book but that's the one thing but it might be that they're over exaggerating it but the thing is they did destroy the temple and according to the new history of the marathas volume 2 by govind sakaram sardesai the tambakeshwar shrine was restored by peshwa balaji baji rao bhat also called as nana sahib in november 1754 this book also mentions about pulling down of a masjid which was erected by aurangzeb forces after they vandalized the shrine in 1690 this was a very particular thing that aurangzeb used to do every temple that he vandalized that he used to build a mosque over the temple same thing happened in mathura as well for which the uh, krishna janmabhoomi case is going in the case uh, in the court but court is not going to entertain that and uh, because of the law that uh, once these temple after 19 1947 whatever temple or whatever masjid or mosque whatever there it is it's going to be just stay like that just excluding ram janmabhoomi everything else is going to stay just like that whatever it is no one is going to destroy anything else anymore so that what aurangzeb used to do if you will go into the mathura right now to the krishna janmabhoomi you will be able to see a mosque that is uh, erected by the aurangzeb in the temple itself so aurangzeb failed in his first attempt of vandalizing kashivishwanath he and his mughal forces first attacked the temple in 1664 at that time the naga sadhus resisted and there was a fight they badly defeated aurangzeb and this defeat of the mughals find mentioned in james g lochford's book the illustrated encyclopedia of hinduism volume 1 according to his book the naga sadhus of mahanirvani akhada of varanasi offered resistance against aurangzeb The book also describes the defeat of the Mughals. The author came across this historical event in a handwritten book in the archives of Mahanirvani Akhara in Varanasi. He described the event as the Battle of Gyan Vyapi in his book. Description about Naga Sadhus defending Kashi Vishwanath in 1664 also finds mention in Jadunath Sarkar's book, A History of Dasnami Sa- Naga Sanyasis. According to Jadunath Sarkar, The Naga Sadhus gained great glory from sunrise to sunset. The battle record and the Dasnamis proved themselves heroes. They preserved the honor of Vishwanath's seat. Aurangzeb attacked Varanasi again after four years, that is in 1669, and vandalized the temple. Given the fact that the Shireen was ancient and how Hindus were spiritually and emotionally connected to it, the barbaric ruler, to ensure that it wasn't rebuilt again built the gyan vyapi mosque in its place and if you will go to the kashi vishwanath temple you will be able to see that mosque mosque still exists in that temple premises now according to local folklore and oralization around 40000 naga sadhus sacrificed their life defending kashi vishwanath jyotirling so you might be thinking that these are all over exaggerating stories and it didn't happen but all the temples which went god vandalized by the aurangzeb you will be able to see a mosque not just like one or two kilometer away a mosque in the premises of the temple itself because that's what aurangzeb used to do and although audrey can say 
whatever she wants everyone knows because we are able to see it on the ground the present structure of kashivishnath jyotirling temple has been built rebuilt and expanded over time the first initiative was taken by rani ahilya bai holkar her father in law malhar rao holkar the then maratha king of indore strategized to demolish the gyanvapi mosque and rebuild the kashivishnath temple in 1742 but his plan failed to materialize the nawabs of lucknow intervened and after 8 years In 1750 the Maharaja of Jaipur planned another strategy to rebuild the temple after demolishing the mosque he decided to buy the land where the entire temple is and the mosque premises was located but his plan failed too now finally the temple was rebuilt by Ahilya Bai Holkar in 1780 dozens of books dozens including Antidote of Aurangzeb and historical essays by Jadanath Saka describes Aurangzeb's atrocities on non-muslims and his destruction of temples to quote from his book by Saka meantime Aurangzeb had begun to give free play to his religious bigotry in April 1669 he ordered the provincial governors to destroy the temples and schools of the brahmins and to utterly put down the teachings and religious practice of the infidels to further quote the sarkar it said the Grandest Shireen of Mathura, Keshav Rai's temple, built at a cost of 33 lakhs of rupees by the Bundela's Raja Bir Singh Dev, was razed to the ground in January 1670, and a mosque built on its site. The idol was brought to Agra, buried under the steps of Jahanara's mosque, that they might be constantly trodden on by Muslims going in to pray. About this time. The new temple of Somnath on the south coast of Kathiawada Peninsula was demolished and the offering of worship there ordered to be stopped. The small religious building that suffered havoc was beyond count. The Rajput warrior of 1679 to 80 was accompanied by the destruction of the 175 temples in Mewar alone, including the famous one of Someshwar and three grand ones at Udaipur. On 2nd April 1679 the jizya or the poll tax on the non-muslim was revived the poor people who appealed to emperor and blocked a road ob- abjectly crying for its remission was trampled down by elephants at his order and dispersed now the book of aurangzeb by munilal describes several episodes of aurangzeb's barbarism and his orders of destruction of temples aurangzeb entrusted prince azam with the campaign to subjugate Shambhuji and Rote. The prince carried out the emperor's instruction to raise to the ground such strongholds of infidelity, that is the temples, as cross your way and to build in their place a grandiose house of God, that is mosque, such as would do credit to our mission. In the course of his sweep to Bijapur, Prince Azam demolished eight ancient temples and desecrated many more of by sacrificing calves at the sacred altar. At some places, the small armies of local rajas offered resistance, but they could not make no impression on the gigantic Mughal force. To further go, he raised many magnificent, magnificent Hindu temples to the ground and built mosques in their place. Desecrated images of Hindu gods and goddesses banned all forms of music, prohibited the use of Hindu modes of salutation, declared astrology and allied sciences to be atheistic in character, and discontinued the tilak ceremony when Hindu rajas came to court to pay tributes. 
Studies in Islamic history and civilization by David Allen describes how Aurangzeb forcibly converted many Hindus and other religions to Islam and destroyed many other shrines of other religions. Abraham Arulli, a historian in his book Emperors of the Peacock Throne, The Saga of the Great Mughals describes how under Aurangzeb all temples under Ujjain were destroyed and all 300 temples being destroyed in Rajasthan alone. Studies and narratives from the last few decades describe Mughals to be very tolerant, to be very benevolent. They were the one who gave a grant to the temples. They were the one who took care of all the religions in their kingdom. But these are the fake narratives portrayed by Aurangzeb to have rebuilt temples that he had been destroyed. Now, based on 200 study Bujaravaris in his book Islamic Civilization in South Asia, a history of Muslim power and presence in the Indian subcontinent mentions Aurangzeb that has destroyed only 15 temples. Can you believe that? Now, what about the historians during Aurangzeb's time? Who in their historical chronicles describe how the Mughal Emperor destroyed countless temples, temples across the country? Besides the above-mentioned literary evidence of Aurangzeb's temple destru- destruction spear, there are many more sources that prove this Mughal emperor's intolerance not to mention the atrocities committed by other Mughal emperors on the Indian population and heritage. The false and one-sided narrative has brainwashed and fooled several generations. It is time to be told. It is a very, you know, it's been very long time now and it's the time of telling the truth is now. It is high time that Indian history textbooks are rewritten now. Tell them the history of our science, the fights that our king fought to save the heritage. Because truth shall prevail and you cannot hide it anymore. Until next time, bye-bye.